Welcome to Learned Light, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George. And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 24 for me and season 28 for George. This is day 12 of season 96. Our first question asks us for the name of a Schwartz and Fosse musical that is a homophone of an NBA all-time player. So I had a wonderful rationale for my answer um, for this question. Um, and I, I was surprisingly confident about it. Um, I tried to think of, you know, I don't really know, like, what musicals of this era are by whom, I guess. Um, I, uh, this is 1972, so it's a year before I was born. So it's going to be in that, you know, niche of not having been sort of, I, I don't know, in my, um, consciousness, very much, um, potentially. And so, um, I try to think about, you know, musicals that A, have a single word for a name and B, a word that would plausibly be a surname of someone as well. Um, or some other kind of, um, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, they could be the name of a person in the play, I suppose. Anyway, this is all a very incoherent way of saying that I, Try to think from that end of things. Then I try to think from famous NBA players end of things. And the only um, possibility that I felt like synced up between those two groups was Bird. My thought was, you know, I know that, and I, I think I'm confusing, um, like there was a Charlie Parker movie biopic. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a musical. I think it was just yeah. a regular yeah. sort of dramatized one. Um, but I managed to convince myself because, you know, Schwartz and Fosse, like all the the musicals I could try to think of from around that time were Sondheim, you know, company. Well, that's not someone's name and that's Sondheim, mm -hmm. um, you know, all, all sorts of things like uh, kept coming back to that. And um, so when I thought of Bird, I thought, OK, it's about someone in jazz music and that kind of fits with my image of Bob Fosse. Um, and I thought, you know, Larry Bird, of course, is going to be, um, on these all-time teams. Um, and I, the, it, I had a slight amount of pause over the word homophone being in the question because Bird as Charlie Parker's nickname and Larry Bird are spelled the same. So, you know, a question like this in a case like that might be framed as, you know, are the same word or mm -hmm. is the same as versus is a homophone of. Um, but I also was not <laughs> picking any others out of the air that um, seemed to remotely fit um, the question criteria. So long and rambling story short, uh, I went with bird. Uh, I didn't even think of that. I probably would have gone with that if I'd, if I'd thought of Larry Bird. Mm. Uh, I, I know just little enough about Broadway and just little enough about basketball that I could not <laughs> grab onto either angle of this. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I, I knew I'd recognize it as soon as I saw it, but I just couldn't come up with anything and just kind of went through all of the various players that I could think of who would plausibly have been on this NBA team and all the Broadway shows I could think of that could remotely sound like someone's name 
and just nothing was landing. And I finally thought, what about Bob Cousy? Was Bob <laughs> Cousy, I knew he was a basketball player back in the day. And was he like really good at basketball? Well, I've heard of him. So probably. Uh, is that possibly a Broadway play? Cozy, perhaps? Okay. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm misremembering how Bob Cousy's name is pronounced. Maybe it's actually <laughs> pronounced Bob Cozy. Maybe everybody's gotten it wrong. <laughs> it happens. Maybe we're all Joe, just living in a dream somewhere. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Theismann's name originally was pronounced Theismann. Oh, how about that? Yeah. He uh, he changed it as a part of a cynical ploy to try to win the Heisman. Wow. Literally. Uh, that is Thiesman. amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So I, I figured, okay... Maybe it is Bob Cozy, even because it's you know it's not spelled like Cozy either. It's spelled like Cowsy for God's sake. So okay, who knows? Vowel shifts are weird. Mm-hmm. So I said Cozy. The correct answer was Pippin. Yeah, which is only a little extra embarrassing because that's one of our cat's names, mm. kind of. Only kind of. Mm. Um, different reference, but um, yeah, no, I've definitely heard of Pippin. Plenty. I, I would never have thought that was a Bob Fosse thing, I've though. I've heard of it as a musical, like in the if you if you if you put a list of random words on the screen and said pick out the ones that are musicals, I, mm. I would have circled Pippin. Sure, uh, but I don't know anything else about it. Like I have no idea plot, any of the songs, setting, nothing. I think I've seen a production of it, okay. like maybe a Western Michigan University. Uh, production Hmm. Uh, it it did not stick with me i you know i have a little bit of vague memories about it it's it's about the title character Mm -hmm. and it's kind of fanciful and i you know again from what i know of bob fossey never in a million years would i pair that up with him and then from the other side this is scotty pippen who sure probably has the distinction of being the greatest basketball player of all time who was nowhere near ever the best player on any team. Yeah. Like he just, he he was probably not even the second best player most of the time. Mm. So, yeah, it's one of the, one of those, uh, one of those poor guys who's very, very incredibly <laughs> good at the thing he does and yet is, you know, barely on the podium. Yeah, very overshadowed by... Yeah. Being on a team with Jordan, mm-hmm. especially. And Rodman. Yeah. So. Well, plenty of people be overshadowed by on the Pistons, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, question two, moving on, asks us to fill in the blank in the list that goes Petrosian, Spassky, blank, Karpov, Kasparov. Okay, so I didn't recognize Petrosian, but definitely Spassky, Karpov, Kasparov were uh, world chess champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Obviously, I'm going to say this is probably Bobby Fischer, but I kind of had to convince myself because, like, I wasn't sure that Fischer ever was the champion. Like, I know he competed for the championship, and I know that he uh, he always demanded, like, really weird uh, stipulations and conditions. So, And I, I just couldn't remember, like, well, was he demanding all these things because he was the champion and that's how he could get away with it or was he demanding it because he felt the champion had unfair advantages but for lack of anything else i knew that i was not going to remember anybody else who was between spassky and karpov and therefore like you know in the 80s right of the chess championship so 
Sure, we'll go with Fisher. Yeah, this is one where just the only reason I'm getting this is because I know that Fisher exists mm -hmm. um, or existed. I I don't know whether he's alive uh, today, but um, yeah, if it, like the one other chess champion, I guess probably I can name is Magnus Carlsen mm -hmm. is like the the current great master of the game, I suppose. Um, and I knew that he wouldn't be in between these names right. chronologically. Right. Um, and so I thought, well, Fisher, you know, was kind of that had some pop culture notoriety from the movie Searching for Bobby Fisher. Um, and so, I, you know, honestly, just relying on the Jeopardy pattern recognition technique of name a chess player that mm -hmm. isn't any of these. Yeah. Um, I also put down Fisher. And that was correct. Yay. Question three asks us for the all-time great artists who made the albums <laughs> to the extreme and hard to swallow. Yes. And I, you know, I reread this question and think to myself, hard to swallow for someone named whose rap name involves ice mm. is kind of amusing. It's mm. a hard substance that you would mm -hmm. potentially swallow. Anyway, um, you know, what really uh, got this for me was the his first album, To the Extreme, one of the best-selling hip-hop albums of all time was by Vanilla Ice. And so, yeah, if you're going to ask me a question about that album, which was came out in 1990, which is the year before I graduated high school. Um, that is something I'm very likely to know. Um, and especially in this context, because it was very hard to avoid and already clearly extremely ridiculous, even to us in the target audience. Like, you know, that I feel like he uh, gets grouped together with acts like Millie Vanilli and just like such manufactured um pop star versions of you know things that have more musical merit i guess um but yes i i you know kind of uh if it was if i was only asked the first half of the question about hard to swallow and um you know it's released in 1998 i probably would not get this but the to the extreme part uh, probably will clinch it for anyone who, you know, was in a five-year radius of that album's debut. Um, so I put down Vanilla Ice because that's who that is. Yeah, I, I didn't want to know this. Yeah. Like I, I read through and, and especially when I got to the critically derided part, I was like, oh, God, this is about Vanilla Ice, isn't it? So I'm trying to think like, okay. What's a critically derided hip hop album that sold a ton of copies? Yep. <sighs> it's gonna be that one, isn't it? I, and I, if it hadn't yep. been for that, I may well not have. I, I might have guessed Vanilla Ice just as a joke, mm -hmm. and partially because, yeah, I, I figured, sure, he's definitely the kind of guy who would have tried to pivot into metal, mm -hmm. you know, eight years after his his one success. Um, and I, I didn't remember it happening. I think I would, yeah, I would have been, uh, I would have been out of the country at that point. Thank God. So I never <laughs> have, wouldn't have uh, been exposed to his attempts to break out again, but yeah, this is, this is vanilla ice. And I typed it in disgustedly and mm -hmm. moved on with my day. 
Yeah, I remember, uh, and this is, that was of course the correct answer. So like two things that makes me think of is just like to the extreme will, uh, create a kind of, uh, compulsive loop of the rest of that lyric in at least my brain. I don't know about anybody else's, but probably a lot of my high school classmates. Um, cause I can continue with that lyric just easily um but uh secondly uh i i'm forgetting what i was gonna say secondly dang it um oh shoot well never mind if i think of it and it's worthwhile i'll come back uh moving on to question four uh this asks us what is the uh second word in the name of a welsh political party that takes as its cause, you know, Welsh independence and Welsh culture. Uh, I don't know why I know Plaid Simru, mm. and I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly because one of the things I I know two things about the Welsh language. One is uh, W is a vowel, mm-hmm. and the other thing is a ton of letters are pronounced differently, like just mm-hmm. utterly, entirely differently, much like mm. Irish, where you just reading along like no that's this other thing mm-hmm. so i know that it is spelled c-y-m-r-u mm-hmm. so i was very happy about that I, I put that one in and kept going so this one um i knew would be after thinking about pondering like you know what would what's welsh for whales basically um i came upon having two options uh and they're uh, basically C-Y-M-R-U, which I thought, I think that's the country. Um, uh, and then C-Y-M-R-Y is like the Welsh language or the Welsh people. Okay. Um, or at least I, I thought it was the language. I think when I later looked it up, I realized, oh, that's the people. It's the culture. Um, and so I went back and forth a little bit and I thought, the question itself says Welsh three times in it. So I thought that was sort of leading towards, you know, the the word that you want it to be is the word for Welsh, not for Wales, because the Wales party or the party of Wales, you know, maybe doesn't sound quite as right as the Welsh party, you know, thinking, I guess, in English grammar more so than, not that I know Welsh grammar. Um, so I ended up putting down C-Y-M-R-Y. And I do know that C in Welsh is a K sound. Uh, the Y is an I kind of sound. Uh, so it's basically like sort of Kimri or uh, Kimru. Okay. But in fact, I'm wrong about the latter. Um, so uh, as a spoiler, the correct answer is with the U ending. Uh, however... I went and looked up C-Y-M-R-Y to see, like, why am I thinking that that might be an appropriate response? And the Wikipedia page for that term notes that for what, you know, again, due to the strange vicissitudes of pronouncing Welsh, both the U ending and the Y ending are pronounced the same. And so I (laughs) saw that result, went over to Wikipedia and thought, I will immediately file a scoring review <laughs> just in case, because it appears that, you know, this could be considered correct. Um, and it's obviously going for the right concept. I mean, 
you know, it's even a plausible typo mm -hmm. because the U and the Y are so close mm -hmm. on the keyboard. So, um, so hopefully I'll get it right. I, I don't know how generous our commission will be feeling about it. Um, but at least I was in the right ballpark. So I've got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> Question five asks us for a New Yorker cartoonist who published more than 800 cartoons over the span of 45 years and counting. Yes, uh, she continues to publish cartoons in New Yorker. Um, and, and you'll see one almost every issue, I would say. Hmm. Uh, this is Roz Chast. And she has a, a very quirky kind of, uh, you know, almost doodly looking style. Um, her, her, you know, people are always kind of a little goblin-y looking um, and, and kind of a, a wiggly line, you know, line art style um, and a very kind of wry, quirky humor as well um, that, you know, might be sort of nonsensical at times. Uh, much like the ca cartoon that's described as her first one, um, which I may have seen. I, you know, I don't remember that level of detail, but, um, but yes, I've, I've seen her work and her signature many times. She's pretty distinctive. And I thought, you know, could I, I could probably name a couple other New Yorker cartoonists, but not ones with uh, female cartoonists, I mm -hmm. should say. Um, but not ones with quite this uh, storied, um record i guess um and so i with great pleasure put down chast uh yeah one thing y'all may not know is amanda reads every new yorker not the whole thing but but puts forth a <laughs> solid effort like i try yeah really really does at least uh goes through enough to know what you want to read in each one mm-hmm and we we used to have a rule that you you couldn't have too many of them pile up but <laughs> that doesn't even apply anymore like you're mm. you're not that far behind ever mm. like 3 4 weeks maybe yeah that that happens occasionally mm -hmm. and then i will go on sort of a spate of mm -hmm. reading them all to catch up and that means that sometimes i'll skim over mm -hmm. some of the older issues in particular cuz mm -hmm. they'll be like and eh, the political news has moved on beyond yeah. this you know so i don't need yeah, this this day's analysis of it um but and there was a long period where i didn't subscribe to mm -hmm. but when i do i feel obligated to <laughs> look at this paper object that many humans labor has gone into and that was my way of avoiding having to talk about how little i remembered this <laughs> one like i just didn't i, I recognized I the name once i saw really. it but yeah, yeah I, I was never going to get to it uh i made up a name and said robbins sure some okay. Some cartoonist named Robbins. That sounds like a, a name that a cartoonist could have. Sure. Okay. So. Not crazily out of the ballpark, yeah. uh, but it was Roz Chast. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Linda Berry is mm. a, a common wrong answer for this one. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Their styles, if you've seen Linda Berry's style, mm -hmm. are not unlike each other. There are okay. all kinds of, you know, mm -hmm. lots of little um, you know, backgroundy, quirky mm -hmm. things that are... Kind of Charles Schultzy. But a little, a little more detail in in the sense that it it kind of looks like um, someone who either knows how to draw but is doing it really quick and just mm -hmm. kind of dashing something off, or like this is their uh, not quite final version of it. <laughs> like they haven't quite yeah, cleaned up like all of their little, little sketch lines. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. 
you know, there's, there's a lot of side marks and mm -hmm. things that are kind of filling like in, filling out the space. and drawn. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not always the same. It's all very, very clearly a different drawing each time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely that. Uh, finally, question six gives us a whole mess of character names <laughs> and asks us what uh, eventful drama were they a part of from 1979 to 93? So this was during the time of your Dallases and your dynasties. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of these characters had Ewing in their name somewhere. Mm -hmm. So uh, this was the spin-off of Dallas, which I knew existed because I remember uh, back in the day when uh, I think it was Bobby Ewing, uh, who was played by, ah, I can't remember, the guy who was Man from Atlantis, but... <laughs> uh, they killed him off because the, the, the actor wanted to leave. And that was like a whole huge plot line for an entire season. And then he came back and he said, okay, never mind. I want to, I don't want to be, you know, I, I don't know if it was a matter of, I couldn't find any other roles or I just didn't realize how much I liked it here or whatever. And he <laughs> came back and it turned out that the whole season was a dream sequence. Right. But on the spinoff show, they had also been mourning him. <laughs> And then they just didn't mention it ever again. Mm -hmm. But they didn't go back and say, oh, this whole year was a dream sequence like Dallas did. Oh, my God. Dallas erased an entire season. Yeah, yeah. Knott's Landing didn't. Mm. And that was what clicked in my head. Oh, yeah. Knott's Landing was the other one. Wow. And then I kind of had to think, wait, was it Falcon Crest? Because that was the other, other like, second tier uh, behind Dallas and Dynasty. It was not like, not mm. Slaying Falcon Crest. And I had to think, like, which one was, was it? Okay. So, and then, I, so I had to replay that entire thing in my mind about, like, okay, <laughs> Dallas, you know, erased a whole season. Falcon Crest didn't. And I'm like, oh, that didn't sound right. Like, Falcon, was, was, were they both spinoffs from Dallas and Dynasty? Was, so was Falcon Crest the Dynasty spinoff? It sounds more like the Dynasty spinoff. Because, like, that was, like, I I caught these in the background. My parents watched Dallas, mm, at least. I mm -hmm. think Dynasty to a certain extent. So I would catch them. And for some reason, I just... I remember Dynasty being much more glamorous. Sure. Um, Dallas was just kind of more focused on JR and therefore more doodly. More Texan-y. Yeah, Dallas, where, where Dynasty was more focused on Joan Collins and I think Linda Evans was the other one. Sure. And therefore more female-oriented and therefore glitzier. Okay. And so I just kind of had to think, well, Falcon Crest sounds more like that mm -hmm. than Knott's mm -hmm. Landing, which sounds kind of more, as you say, Dallasy and down-to-earthy and Texany, even though it was in Southern California. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I just I finally just sort of said, okay, I think it's Knott's Landing. That's, mm -hmm. for some, that's what my brain first thought of when I was parsing out, oh, this is the Dallas spinoff that had the problem with Bobby's... Uh, non-death mm -hmm. so all right yeah we'll go with we'll go with not slanting so that is a whole corner of tv trivia that i just have no memory of um i don't know if my parents even watched dallas i kind of think they didn't because it was so soap opera-y sure, sure. um Reasonable. and it was that's that kind of wasn't their bag um and in, in addition in reading this question when I read a phrase like eventful drama series, <laughs> that makes me think of soap operas. That sure. makes me think someone's trying to avoid saying the phrase soap opera. Yeah. Um, and 
in fairness, that fits both these nighttime, you know, kind of weekly shows mm -hmm. as well as daytime soap operas that, right. that run, you know, uh, Monday through Thursday or Friday or whatever they do. Um, and so I really thought, like, for a series to run 1979 to 1993, um, first of all, seemed like way too long of a stretch for any of those nighttime ones to have mm. been on. Like, that's, you know... 15 seasons 14, 14 seasons 14 seasons yeah so like that's just way more than i would expect uh, uh, any other than kind of the headline ones like dynasty or dallas maybe mm -hmm. um but dynasty doesn't really specify a place name like this dallas is in texas so it's not going to be either of those despite all these ewings in the character names so i went over and thought well maybe this is maybe a daytime soap opera um and didn't even think my way through all of the second tier, like Falcon Crest and that mm. kind of stuff. Uh, so I thought, well, what are the daytime soap operas I know that would have a location name? I know there are some. Um, and after thinking for, you know, a little while about it, I thought Santa Barbara is in California. It was a soap opera in the 80s. So sure, th that sounds just perfect. Let's put down Santa Barbara. It's not slanting. Okay. <laughs> Again, not Visual. a piece of trivia I really am mm -hmm. uh, ashamed not to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, that was... The The interesting thing about uh, Knott's Landing is the uh, creator of it actually came up with it before Dallas. Hmm. Pitched it to CBS, and they said, uh, no, nah, we're not really in the market for that right now. What we are in the market for is... And then they basically told him to write the same thing, but like with rich people mm. in, in, in what eventually became very quickly became Dallas. Oh. And then like, uh, you know, after, after the first season of Dallas, he came back to him and he said, Hey, remember that other idea I had? Why don't we spin this <laughs> off? And they were like, okay, cool. We'll do that. And got it on like the following fall. And both Dallas and Knott's Landing, uh, in fact, ran for 14 seasons each. Wow. Yeah. Well, see, at least I was right about that. Mm -hmm. I, was, I mean, and Dallas was a juggernaut. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a, a huge phenomenon mm -hmm. for years and years. Um, yep. the, the Who Shot JR plotline yep. has certainly been referenced in Learned League before, yep. but was just a giant deal. Like mm -hmm. that was, you know, my elementary school classmates were talking about <laughs> it kind of deal. Because that's how far it would seep out into the wider culture, right. even if we weren't the ones even allowed to watch, mm -hmm. you know, a show like that. Because it was on late and it was for grownups. It was yeah. not for us. Um, so, yeah, that one was just kind of, yeah, just I, that, that level of backstory on it, though, mm -hmm. did not, you know, filter down to me as a 10-year-old-ish person. Right. So, um. And it certainly yeah, didn't help that it was not, you know, when I think about the, the dramas my folks watched were like Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law, mm -hmm. you know, and then they would watch some masterpiece theater things. And then <laughs> but this was not kind of their um, their their regular viewing. Right. So Reasonable. so if we are operating in my vision of a just world. I got four out of six. <laughs> Here's hoping. I got four out of least. six fairly, fairly solidly. Well, yes. Okay, you got it precisely right. Yep. Um, but uh, 
gosh, I thought my my reasoning was so good for the two wrong ones. Yeah. Um, and at least one of the ones I missed was a TV question, which I'm pretty pretty well rated on. Yeah, so you'll probably get. Might not lose more than a point on that. Yep. Uh, I have less faith that a theater crossed with game sport is gonna <laughs> not be scored a three on me. Well, anyway. so I can hope though. Well, that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat. <laughs>